This is HomePod Defense Squad for Tuesday, June 17th, 2020. Hit it. your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me as always is Hertz majority shareholder, Mr. Evan Hirsch. How are you doing? The ecosystems are crushing down on me. Their pressure, their, the fear pushes at the very vesicles that power my heart, that pump the blood to my body. They control me. They rule me. I have nothing to do but fear them and bow to them and hopefully not spite them in any way, shape, or form. Otherwise, they th- they they spit in my face. <laughs> so not great. I'm not doing that all right. Um, Robert Frost, very nice. Thank uh, you. Yeah, that's my, that's my 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 favorite uh, Robert Frost quote. Uh, was always I preferred the button instead of the swipe. Get it right, Cook. <laughs> so, um, Evan, uh, yeah. what, how's your week going? My week is going great. So, as of the as we are recording this, um, it has been mere hours since I just drove my Model Three home. It's pretty fucking bonkers. Oh. It's pretty fucking nasty. Mm. I like it. I'm also slightly frustrated by it, but I don't know if I should be like the problem is, okay, so this is going to sound so fucking stupid, but like the car doesn't have CarPlay in it. Right. Yeah. So we talked about this and so the deal with this is it's like all Tesla OS, right? More or less. Yeah. Like they have and like, okay. As far as any car operating system goes, it's fucking miles ahead of anything else you're going to find. Like, it came from a Honda. That thing was just a fucking modified-ass Android that didn't even have a built-in GPS. So no shit, I was just using CarPlay literally 24-7. I have not seen, like, I have never, ever, ever seen a car manufacturer that had CarPlay slash Android Auto in their car also had a good, like, car operating system right like they're bad but tesla's whole thing is like they have this this entire os they control everything um they have like their own gps system they have their own everything and like all those things are really good but like some things in carplay are just a little bit better like using voice commands for music just a little bit nicer half the time even with siri and, you know, like when Siri's a fucking step up, you're like, oh, geez. Um, but it is. And. I the problem is, I shouldn't be frustrated like my 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 brain looks at all these things and I'm like, why do I care? I, I it has what I want. It's got texting now, like I can't do group text, but honestly, it's probably better that I'm not doing group text anyways. Yeah. So we talked about this. Um, yeah. So. First and foremost, I'd say one of the number one things that I desire from or I would desire from a car that I spent, you know, an absurd amount of money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not an absurd amount of money, but, you know, it, it, it's not a cheap car. Um, no. It would, would probably be the ability to respond to text messages and have my text messages read to me and uh, read to me. And, you know, the, what was it, six months ago or whatever that. Tesla's finally got that six months ago. To be fair, it's a nice fucking system. Like it's better than the way CarPlay does it, where where car well, it does some things better than CarPlay. Like the nice thing about it is CarPlay basically decide what CarPlay is incredibly smart and also incredibly fucking stupid. CarPlay is incredibly smart because it basically just takes all the shit from your iPhone and it just kind of changes like it just changes the UI elements to better fit when you're driving. But the problem is they don't really think about the behavioral differences of when you're driving at all. They're like, oh, when you're driving, you're just going to switch apps around. You're just going to constantly be switching between apps when you're in a fucking car. I like, think, they think that's smart. 
I think this is something that like is majorly well, majorly to Tesla's credit. And it's partially it's almost out of necessity because they put so much garbage in mm-hmm. Tesla vehicles that yeah. every time they put something stupid in a Tesla vehicle like their music editing music. software. Yes. Somebody yes. goes, OK, what? Well, you can't use that while you're driving, right? And someone has no. to go, no, of course you can't use that while you're driving. It's disabled while the vehicle's in motion. Don't worry, right. everybody. So the whole the whole experience, the whole user experience has to change right. while you're driving. So naturally, the rest of the, the that leap for the rest of the user experience changing while you're driving really isn't that far. No, and like... But yeah, like, here's the thing that I'm thinking about, though. So, okay, when you get a message on your iPhone, it pops up as a timed notification, right? It pops up for five seconds on the top of your screen. If you touch it. uh, If you want to read it and if you don't touch it, it goes away. That is not a good system for how a car works. You are forcing your user to take their eyes off the road at the exact second for them to fucking read a message. Right. No, I mean, even my mother's, I I don't even know. It's like it's like a 2017 or something. Yeah. Maybe a Toyota. I don't know. It's like a 2017 Toyota. And what it does, it's got like some ancient touchscreen on it. And it Mm -hmm. just says message from dad and that's all it does (laughs) and if she taps the screen the next thing it does is it reads the message out to her yep if the 2017 toyota can figure that out it feels like carplay should be able to figure that one right It, it, it carplay should just have it like stay there or something like that's the cool how tesla's how tesla works is it pops up on the screen you get a little ping you push down on the voice button it reads it to you you hold the voice button to dictate the response you let go and then that's the response right yeah and it it makes sense it works it it, it even does iMessage too which i was really concerned about but like okay well regardless they thought this out i would assume just like every other version of this, it's just passing directly through your phone, right? Or does it? Right. Yeah, it is. It is passing phone? directly through your phone. It doesn't do group text now, which is a little weird. But all right, whatever. Everything else seems to be pretty cool. That was one of but, the things that uh, sort of grabbed me as just like a mystery. Um, just, yeah. Just in the sense of like, I wonder how this actually works, because you. Would yeah, because like I thought. Okay, because you and I both have had experiences with "May They Rest in Peace" Pebble. you and i both know the problems that pebble had to deal with in order to try to interface with the iphone so i'm like how the fuck did tesla figure it out even more than that you wouldn't expect um you would expect the tesla os to be naive as to whether or not it's interfacing with a group message or a one-to-one message um i'm guessing i'm guessing the reason it's not naive is because my my theory is that they're having trouble discerning who the message is from in the group or uh, something along those lines that's possible and that you know that may be again like the thing is they update the car all the fucking time like let's put it this way i highly expect they will fix that problem sometime within the next few months to the next year and then cool the one group text i actually use with both my parents in it will be will work perfect um but like some ui stuff is worse than siri some ui stuff is better than carplay but like just the thought of somehow like one of my devices leaving the Apple, the perfect Apple ecosystem, like freaked me out. Even though like I, there's really no reason for me to be like freaked out by it. It's just like, oh man, I'm losing CarPlay. Like CarPlay isn't like the world's greatest fucking thing. It's just, a, it's just a really excellent means to an end of like car systems are now all not shitty because they're your phone. Um, I mean, you've seen it. You've driven in my car enough. 
like in my old one because I I just gave that back. Yeah, it's it's a far better system than you know Bluetooth. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's a far better system than Bluetooth, but like than just like Bluetooth plugged into a radio. Um. But you know, it's it's weird. It's just I. It, it kind of made me think. I'm like, man, I would probably like never get another thing like Pebble again. Right. Like what? there's this whole thing with Sonos like suing Google and everything and it's like can third party can like non big five hardware companies exist can they interface with these closed ecosystems at all like they just can't right I I mean eventually they have to Uh, right they have to but like these bigger companies have to allow these systems to interface properly and they they I think if they can't, then that's a failure of those big companies. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm trying to get at. Granted. Please fucking Tesla, just put CarPlay in the car. Just put it as one of the fucking windows. Like, I swear to God, like all I'm going to use it for is maybe every once in a while, I'll pull ways up. Like, maybe I'll just like send text messages in a slightly better fashion. <laughs> like, I don't even text that much in the car anyways. Like, I had Do Not Disturb on in my fucking car play anyways. It didn't matter. But, like, I remember literally getting, like, anxious the night before because I'm like, oh, man, will I be able to, like, play NPR podcasts as easily? (laughs) No, my NPR. Dude, I need my NPR. But, hey, it it actually works. Um, In other news, briefly after... Mr. Evan Hirsch received his Tesla. Uh, Tesla decided that they would be putting USB-C in the Model 3. Uh, Yeah. Whoops. Uh, Hey, I need it. I needed it now. After all. (laughs) Yeah. Look, just just to summarize, it it feels like the car Apple would have made made an alternate dimension because some things are a lot. A lot of things are unbelievably smart. Like, okay, if a car is detects you are going to a supercharger it will automatically start cooling the battery down to prepare it to be charged so that saves you like an extra five to ten minutes when you plug it into a supercharger because it needs to cool the battery down in order to supercharge that's like really smart that's it, that, that's that feels like airpods level apple brilliant Right. It feels like just this this thing you have never you just don't even think about that just happens. Like when you pull up a supercharger, like you pick up one of the Tesla charging things at a Tesla supercharger, you hit the button. It opens up the charging port on your car remotely. Like that's fucking nuts. Like there's so many unbelievably incredible touches. And then Elon Musk put fucking slacker as the main music service in the car for like years until suddenly it goes out of business and he's like fine it's spotify Uh, elon musk is a detriment to that company every day genuinely i think i genuinely feel like he's the reason carplay's not in it i I honestly wouldn't doubt it uh he's probably like i don't want apple software running on my car hogus pocus like so, whatever. Elon Either way, Musk is the Steve Jobs of Tesla. Uh, he got it in immense distance, and n- now they need room to grow. They really need someone else. Uh, that don't <laughs> take that uh, analogy any further. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, again, I'm really, I'm pretty happy with my car, and if worst case, I'm not. I got a week, baby. So let's let's figure that out now. Uh, um, let's uh, let's uh, walk a little farther down the road here because uh, yeah. I'm pretty excited to talk about this. Um, yes, uh, if only because it's yet another chance to make fun of you because you're San Francisco trash. Um, sure. So hey, you are familiar with Hey.com. I'm certain of it. I also read The Verge, dude. <laughs> it's what I open every day. It's what I open in the morning. When I'm when I'm when I'm drinking my Nespresso coffee, listening to my protocol source code, got the Verge open on my iPad Pro, buzzing down the street on your electronic skateboard. 
hey, look, that company is out of business. But it's not like, you know, I'm constantly looking at the fucking BoostedUSA.com website every day, trying to see what they've got in stock to see if they get the beams finally. Anyway, uh, so Hey.com is essentially a new email service. And it is taking over pretty much just the Bay Area. Um, It really doesn't exist anywhere outside of there. Um, But the big news here is essentially that it's the first time that an email service has gotten any traction since Gmail came out. Um, And one of the big things that makes this stand out is that it's not a free email service. It's a paid email service, and it's a subscription email service. So it comes with a baseline 99 a year price tag, and it goes up depending on if you want, you know, what you would consider like a premium uh, name on the email service. So if you want a three-letter email, say if I wanted Joe, that's going to cost me, I think, like $375. If I wanted uh, JF, that's $999. So clearly, Hey, um, or Basecamp, the, the actual company that owns it, kind of gets where their bread is buttered on this one uh oh yeah i mean look this is absolutely some san francisco bay area like you know um what is it dinesh from silicon valley garbage and And, you know i'm all on that dinesh from silicon valley bullshit like that's me oh man wait a minute isn't there a plot in that show where he like splurges on like the really expensive car uh i think so Ah, shit. But (laughs) the whole concept here is basically that it's an email client that wants you to get less email. Uh, So when you get a new, when you get an email from a new address, it goes Mm -hmm. into this little holding pen. Um, And you can either accept, choose to accept emails from this new address, um, or you can choose to reject emails from that new address, in which case it goes off into sort of this little ether space where you won't see them anymore. You can turn it back off later, but the idea is that, you know, now you're not receiving tons of trash emails from, you know, Hokey McGee or whatever. Right. Uh, now, should you choose should your email, should you choose to accept it, then... Shut the fuck up goes into your imbox mm-hmm. or your inbox i m b o x right this stands for your important box i love it uh right right oh man that's worth a hundred dollars a year <laughs> yeah yeah so as you can tell, we're both already signed up for this hundred dollar a year subscription. Service. Not entirely true. I'm still drafting my email to them to try to get in. Uh, yeah, uh, that, actually, it is. It's only in. Um, I, I guess you'd call it closed beta, except they're still charging people. Uh, for the next few months, you or quite, for the next month, actually. The way you get in right now is you quite literally either you know someone, uh, and they give you a code. Uh, mm-hmm. So. That's basically how everyone gets in right now, anyway. Um, but if you suck, like we do... We do. What they make you do is they literally make you go to their website, get the email, and then send them an email crawling on your hands and knees, begging for entry. <laughs> hey, you know what? Look, I've, I've begged people to, for entry before. I begged them for entry back into their Twitter feeds after being banned in emails. Didn't work. So I'm really expecting to, like, enjoy this one. Um, Hopefully they give me an invite to their wonderful email service. Kiss the boot. (laughs) Hey, look. Some boots deserve to be kissed. Love you, Neelai. The the thing about Hey.com that I really like is that it's not G Suite. That oh my god okay so that is literally that was literally my email um so yeah basically what I said is I'm like so I'm like listen as you can see I am emailing you from a uh personal email URL 
Mm -hmm. I have, as many people have, attempted to spin my own SMTP server. And as did pretty much every single person who has ever attempted to spin their own SMTP server, given up and bought G Suite. Yeah, trying to spin your own SMTP server. If you want to feel what that is like, try licking your elbow. Go for it. Do it right now. (laughs) It's not a fun experience, and you're not going to be happy at the end of the day. It's... It's not fun. Every you, you just, oh man, like G Suite at the end of the day is a means to an end. I don't really use the Google, the Gmail UI actually at all. And here's the thing: I even have spun an SMTP server before, <clears throat> like in a workplace environment. Oh yeah, it's just such a pain in the ass like yeah at first i wondered why exchange was so popular and then when i tried to spin my own smtp server i'm like ah like i that <laughs> makes sense i sat down to do it and i i got i don't know maybe a quarter of the way through it and i'm like i just realized how long this took me when i was getting paid to do it i'm not yeah to do this anymore I, and the, then the once o- i'm done all my emails are going to end up in everyone's spam box anyway. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing that like made me want to that made me even get close to doing it was mail in a box, which I'm sure you've seen. Because like anytime anyone Googles, I want to set up my own mail server, mail in a box pops up. Yeah. And like that's just the project that basically is just a bunch of bash scripts chained together to do that for you. Um, And yeah, I'm I just. There's a bunch of new email competitors to Gmail coming out soon. I forget what other company did it or is doing it. But I think people are seeing that, like, no one likes Gmail. Well, not that no one likes Gmail, but just that email sucks and people are willing to pay to make it not suck. That's a thing. And on top of that, there there's just a general feeling that, like, I need to have multiple emails and I don't want a new google account every time Mm -hmm. i need an email and i don't want all of that associated with a google account Mm -hmm. honestly just the less i have associated with google accounts the better i i right i have a tremendous desire to move away from associating data with a google account i'm i'm happy with the one google account i have exactly but I'd also like to divest as much data away from it as I can. And if I can get my email away from that, that all the better. That's exactly it. Like, look, I don't mind. It, it, I don't even think it's like Google necessarily. Like for me personally, I've just wanted to like decentralize my data. Like if a company specifically makes money off of advertising and like data collection, then like I'm I'm fine with using the services I like from them, but I'm not gonna like switch my entire life over to them like I did with Google anymore. That's like I actually exactly switched to DuckDuckGo. Right. I've done it. I use it. Is it like amazing most of the time? It's fine. I it's kind of like Go. I didn't like it. I just went back to Google. I'm my oh I, look honestly the only thing keeping me in DuckDuckGo is the fact that it's got a really nice dark theme. That just kind of like just auto switches. Like it, it, it uses your system settings. It's great. Um, also, I, I've been saying I've been saying this for a while. Hard prediction. Next five years, Apple buys them like just straight up. Watch it. Watch this space, man. Uh, I'm talking like a VC now, but like, actually, like I would not be surprised if Apple buys DuckDuckGo. That would be so fucking in line with them. Watch the DuckDuckGo space. All right. Watch the. Yeah. And but like. Anyways. I've I've wanted to switch my email off from G Suite for a while. Uh, I wanted to use Outlook.com just because like you can set a custom domain with like your regular Microsoft account without getting a second other Microsoft account. But apparently that only works with the GoDaddy right now, so that's a no go for me. That's oh well, tremendously bizarre. Anyways, Hey.com, please please be good. I'll pay you whatever to make my email life not a living hell. It would be really cool if you could also like import email from other accounts too, but I guess not because my work email is also probably not going to be a fun time. 
Also, we have a free advertising rate if you'd like to do that too. All right, moving on. Oh, we would uh, love to advertise for you guys. Um, <laughs> here, 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 we, can we do a demo? Hey.com, it's not B Suite. All right, let's let's move on to the next thing. The PlayStation um, the 5 looks like thing. a Dementor wearing my mother's bathrobe. The PlayStation 5 uh, looks like the fucking, what is it? Um, oh my god. The, the, he looks like the Gestapo guy from fucking Jojo Rabbit. The What's his name? Five looks like you were driving down the street and ran over like a bunch of uncolored peeps. The PlayStation Five um, looks like a Wi-Fi router in the middle in terms of the way that it's designed. Um, but also it looks like just kind of a CG concept render that some kid made in 2009. Looks like a reverse penguin. <sighs> it looks like a clam. <laughs> the point is that... <laughs> it looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I can't say I'm not excited for this thing. Like, I love new things. I, I'm probably gonna get it eventually. We all know how I am. Well, you know, all right. Let me let me tell you like my two big problems with the way the PS5 looks. And right, like, we're gonna make it so far into this without even like talking about the PS5 specs or anything. But like, um, oh, I'm not even really concerned about those. Yeah, they're good. Who cares? Um, they're fine. Um, so there's two things that I just especially hate about this. So mm -hmm. there's the obvious thing, which is. Off to the right side, you've just got this weird disk drive jutting off to the side. Right. It doesn't make There's any no sense. There's no way to buy the non-digital edition. Like, if, if, if you don't have that, then it looks less awkward. Like, the, the digital edition at least doesn't make me uncomfortable. Right. It looks symmetrical, at least. Yeah, it, it at least just looks like a... It just, it, at least that one just looks like an ugly router. Um, right. Now, let's talk about the worst part. And honestly, the worst part isn't even the console. The worst part is the controller. It it looks like... I like it! I don't know. It looks like it's wearing armor. Okay, so... One so one thing I was looking at, and I want you to, I want you guys to search this, right? One thing I it saw like it's wearing white armor. I think they've had this design in mind for a long time, and you want to know why? Google PSVR. It looks the same. It matches perfectly the PS Five. The dual sense controller, the color scheme, everything. In fact, it matches the PS5 way better than it ever matched the PlayStation 4. Oh, good catch. Actually, you're right. Um, like, I, this I is, I think. Notice that. Mm -hmm. This black and white color scheme, this black and white and blue color scheme, I think is they've had this in mind for a long time. Or at least they were trying out a new design with the PSVR. And it was received well, so they just decided to stick with it. And they basically built the entire fucking PS5 off like the the feedback they got from PSVR. Um, you know what? So, uh, I mean, I am re I I like the way DualSense looks. It looks better than any other PlayStation controller, hands down. At least in terms of like comfort and button placement and where the sticks are and everything. So, you know, what's very funny about this is what? so you know this about me um, that like, w especially when it comes to like, especially with PC stuff, because PC stuff does this more than anyone else. I hate like that gamer branded LED like plasticky look. Um, and I, I think especially within the last year or two, what we've seen is like it is a shift away from that uh in, yes. in the console space in the pc space everything's moved towards um brushed metal towards dark plastics um mm -hmm. it's very minimalist lighting 
And but the very funny thing about the PlayStation 5 to me is that it's like they hit that um like very nice clean look and then they just went cartoonishly past it yeah i <laughs> they're like all right so this is very clean and now we're just gonna go ridiculously beyond no. so that it looks like yeah. something out of just I, the original star trek not even like one no no trek no series. this is not even out of this is out of discovery dude yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> this is out of Discovery. This is out of TLS. Fuck know. off. One of the bad ones. Yeah, not Picard because like I that would that would imply it had some form of like design and identity. TNG was but, mostly just brown. Yeah, I'm still on my DS9 rewatch. But anyway, the thing is, okay, so the initial PS5 design like shocked me to my core. Not because I'm like I think this looks horrible. It's just that Sony is so fucking good at designing hardware. Like, they are one of the best companies at designing hardware. They've built some of the most iconic hardware ever. The fucking Walkman, the PSP, their cameras, the PS2. Like, holy shit. Like, this, these guys hit every time. I still think the PS4, the original PS4, is one of the nicest looking consoles ever made. It's a gorgeous, like, sleek box that just is kind of like, it's a black box with like a slight, rect with, with, a, with a fucking like diagonal tilt to the sides and like a blue light running down the middle. That's fucking awesome. And like the disk drive is hidden in between the two slots of it. It's some ingenious fucking hardware manufacturing. Like it's, this gorgeous, pristine piece of like plastic that sits under your television. It's it doesn't really stand out, but it stands out enough to know what it is. Right. To, to someone who does not know what a PS4 is, they're not going to like be like, hey, what the fuck is that? But to someone who knows what a PS4 is, that's a PS4. This PS5 is like a fucking sculpture. It's the center of all attention. And I don't know if it's in a good way. Like you speak with such passion, I truly admire it. <laughs> look, man, I have to, I have to speak with passion about some. When it comes to video game console hardware design, like I can talk for a while. Um. Uh, so also, it's because all it's it's because all hopes left my body. Um, I I also want to point out while we're looking at this thing that it's comically large yeah it's a uh, big chunker if you, if you don't get the measurements on it and you don't see it next to like the series x or the ps4 uh it, it's hard to like conceive of it but it, it is approaching like mini pc um in size and yeah when you when you see it in that perspective especially with the disk drive you start to question things like why they put it on a base in the first place i i think and i it kind of looks I've, like it would stand up on its own. I don't know. I think from what I understand, and this is just from images I've seen, so I could be wrong. You can place the base on the side, too. Because, like, that's one big problem with the PS5 is, like, it's round, and I don't know if you can, like, put it down. Yeah, I'm seeing that image right now. It does look like you're intended to place it on its side on top of the base, and I don't know how in the world that works. Right. Like the cool thing with the Series X is you can just. I don't think you. I don't think you would want to lay the Series X down. Uh, I think you'd probably run into cooling problems. As a thing you place vertically. Yeah. Was the 360. Um. And for no reason other than they just thought it looked cool. Um. It was not really like a thing that they forced. Um. Also, <laughs> throwback to fucking rotating 360 with a disc in. Remember that? If you rotated your Xbox 360 while a disc was still in it, the disc was done. Like it, Please it, stop it, rotating your 360s. <laughs> that killed my first Halo Reach copy, man. <laughs> um, but, 
Yeah, the the you, I don't think you'd want to place either of these consoles like horizontally. You shouldn't. No. The way that they are designed is so that the the, the heat vertically like exhausts. Yeah, and which pl- is a problem for the PS5 because it's going to take up a tremendous amount of space, and you can't like. Right. So I mean, like, yeah, the way you'd normally do it is like you'd place it horizontally and then be able to at least put something on top of it. But this way, you just kind of like, I guess, have to put it behind your TV and flush against the wall. Mm -hmm. It's going to get hot. I think Sony and Microsoft here had an oh, right. Dude, I'm so fucking out of it. I forgot to do my usual disclaimer. Disclaimer, I work for Microsoft, but a different division. I don't do Xbox. Um, I think the thing is, Sony and Microsoft came from totally different angles here, right? They both look at these things and they're like, look, we're building very big vertical consoles. Microsoft's thing is, okay, we're building a very big vertical console. So that means it's going to be even more prominent in your living room than ever. So we should, like, make it less of a thing it's it's less of an object of attention sony's idea was it's going to be more prominent in your living room than ever let's make it more of an object of attention and like i'm not going to say one or the other one is better because honestly like i could I, i could easily see the ps5 being the smarter design at the end of the day I think because like you go to someone's house, that's a PS5. Oh shit, that's a PS5. It looks like it. It's this. It's like again. I think it's the Tesla Cybertruck thing. It's like what the fuck? Holy shit! Look at that. I've seen that before. Everyone's seen a PS5 now. Everyone knows what a PS5 looks like. Yeah, I I think a lot of that is gonna come down to like a lot of the like who likes it is gonna come down to you know type of person. I. I'm going to kind of leave this with just why white? Because, man, that's going to I'm get you're going to see a lot of really nasty PlayStations. Yeah, I mean, hold on. What was the last console that was released uh, by default as white? The only ones I can think of were like the 360 and then like the Wii U. But like, that's the, the shitty eight gigabyte model that no one bought like like, the the, everybody got the black one right you're you're gonna see you're gonna see some gross like college dorm ass playstation fives and that oh my god oh right so there's this one thing i want to bring up before we move on to something else there is this tweet I'm going to try to find the exact one, um, but there uh, there is this tweet and I'm paraphrasing here from uh, or this article from Sony. Where uh, they said something along the lines of when asked about the price of the PS5, they said. Don't focus on the price, focus on the value. That is not something that a confident company says. (laughs) Yeah. So. Again, I know I put up my home. I work for Microsoft, but not Xbox. I don't represent anything. My views and opinions do not represent the company in any way, shape or form. I'm going to put this up here again. I love you guys, Sony. But like, yeah. That's not. That's there, a there's a lot of red flag. Okay, as as far as like marketing goes, there's a lot of red flags here. There's a lot of them. Um, I'm gonna start uh, putting that on my Tinder profile. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm I'm right now like okay. There's a there's a lot of red flags here. Like okay, I. I think a company who was about to release a console for $500 for the lowest end price would not say something like this. The Xbox One X was released for $500. That's shown that, like, okay, you know, it's a higher end thing, but, like, it's going to drop over time. If the PS5 without a disc is released for $500, that would be steep, but I don't think that would be crazy. 
This does not sound like a $500. This sounds like it's going to be $550 minimum. Boy, I don't even... I'm. This is also lining up with a lot of stuff, like earlier saying, hey, where, where Sony was having trouble making the thing cheap. Do you... Do you think they do you think they push six hundred dollars? I think all right. If I were Sony and I were working there, what I would do is I would take a bigger loss on the PS5 than I've ever taken before, and I would hike up the price of PlayStation Plus a little bit. Yeah. That's what I'd do. I'd be like, okay, we're bumping up the price of PlayStation Plus by like another two to three dollars a month. Like that's or like or uh, by another few bucks a month. Like that alone will be like okay yeah we're gonna recoup the costs in a in a bit. It really um, feels like we should have a price by now, or am I just being impatient? What's happening right now is a pricing war. Um, okay, so we're having a pricing war right now where Microsoft and Sony are trying to see who's gonna jump first, um, because one person can then outprice the other. Like Sony is gonna Sony wants Microsoft to jump first so that Microsoft has a price, and then Sony can beat it. Because, like, from what we can tell, the PS5 is, like, it's very debatable in terms of, like, which one is more powerful overall, or which one's going to be the better experience overall. But, like, the Series X is just the more powerful CPU and GPU. Like, it's just, it's going to run, games are going to look better on it, right? Like, that's that's undebatable. I think the, the only debatable thing is, like, Will the PS5 be quieter? Will it be more efficient? Will it load things faster? Because it's got some really weird SSD shit that it's doing with caching, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting right now. We're in this really weird generation. I also like the games look really cool that they're doing for exclusives, but like nothing that screamed to me, man, I need to buy a PS5 like at launch. I feel like that's the tale of Sony is like every every generation you're like you sit there and you're like, man, the PlayStation looks neat. And Sony is pushing the hell out of their exclusives as always. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Shrug. Like, I mean, the, the whole Spider-Man fiasco was so weird. Like they, they announced a new Spider-Man game called Spider-Man Miles Morales. But no one knew if it was an enhanced remake with more stuff or if it was like a lost legacy, like big standalone DLC type situation or it was like just Spider-Man PS4 2. And a bunch of different things are being reported until they're like, it's the it's a standalone game. I'm like, and everyone's like, right. But like. What does that mean? I got to be honest at this point, I'm no longer sold on a console by exclusives. I'm pretty much sold on a console by like the experience out of the game uh like the ease of navigating the operating system and mm -hmm. just peripherals and it, stuff like that because that's yeah. like what i have to deal with more often than just like a handful of games Right, like actually, it, it seems like in almost every respect, outside of like the philosophy of like the specs, both systems are taking almost exact opposite philosophies when it comes to everything. Yeah. The PS4's or the PS5's philosophy is to be this big, brash, like whole new user interface, crazy fucking new physical design, brand new controller that isn't even called DualShock anymore, like new, 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 all this crazy new stuff, like exclusive games only on this system, where like. The Series X's philosophy is just it's just a one X, but better. It's like it looks like a one X, but bigger. Its, it's menu system Xbox, is the one X menu got, system. It's an Xbox, but it spent some time in the gym and it got fucking jacked. So like Microsoft, Sony sells PlayStations like PlayStations and Microsoft's trying to sell Xboxes like iPhones. Right. Like, that's the idea. The idea isn't that, like, you get a Series X this year. You just bought one, or you get a One X this year. Or, no, sorry. The idea isn't that you buy a Series X this year. The naming could have been better, God. Um, yeah, it's confusing. The, 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 the idea isn't that you get a Series X this year because you bought a One X, like, two years ago. Right? Like, it, Microsoft isn't really, like, yelling at you to buy the thing the second it comes out. Like, they're like, oh, well, you bought a one X and this is gonna, the one X is going to last like about another like three years like we expect it to. And we're going to we're going to make sure that that happens. 
but um we live in a world where we're now comparing the iphone market model to a multi-year model yeah i think it's gonna be interesting to see who wins out but yeah how times change. All right. How times do change. You're right. On. Would you like to talk about the fact that the Google state that Google's just like tossing out one more Hail Mary on the Google Stadia? I don't think it's a Hail Mary. Um, I think. OK, so. I, it's not. A, no, that's unfair. I, I mean, it's not a Hail Mary, but so, I, I think there is there's a bigger story here and I'll explain what it is. So, okay, Google has this platform called Stadia. It is a game streaming platform. It exists through a controller that is a pretty awesome controller, actually, that connects directly to Wi-Fi, directly to the cloud. And then it basically, the Chromecast is streaming games from the cloud as well. Their bundle was like the Stadia Founders Edition or something, and it was about 130. Uh, a Premier Edition is what it is now. I got the Founders. But the... um. The Stadia Premier Edition is now, the price is being lowered by $30. So that means you can get the Stadia controller and a Google Chromecast Ultra for $100. Um, so, all right. A lot of people will think, okay, maybe this is because Stadia isn't doing well, blah, blah, blah. But this actually, I'm going to, I'm going to big brain this for a moment, Joe. This lines up with something else. The Chromecast Ultra just got a price cut of $20. Mm. And you know why the Chromecast Ultra is getting a price cut of $20? What? Because Google's got that new fucking Android TV streaming stick coming up soon. Ah, uh-huh. And they're probably going to pull off what, Am what Amazon does with their Fire TV stick, where they have that, like, controller stick bundle, and they're just going to make the Stadia whatever edition that... Like, it's just going to be like, we're giving you a Stadia controller. It just boots up with Stadia. It's got this whole new nice UI, whatever. Look at you. Look at the big brain on Brad. Uh, yeah. That's right, man. I got I got a big I've got a big brain. I, 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 I had fucking Soylent boxes coming in for about two whole months because it turns out I had a second account I didn't know about that had a subscription. And I was trying to figure out what was wrong. <laughs> Look at Evan catching the PlayStation VR and the fucking Chromecast Ultra. Man, look this is what happens when I delete the Twitter app from my phone for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I start like reading things. Uh, I, I start becoming this like well-spoken. OK, I'm not well-spoken, but I, I start becoming like this excellent analyst. And then when I go back to Twitter, I'm just going to be a dumb monkey again. But you know what? Evan, seeing nice the turn action. of the universe. Yeah, you know, I feel I feel at one with my chi right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I think it is. Um, I don't think Google's given up on Stadia. I really hope they don't. I think the streaming market really does need this type of competitor in order for other companies to actually take it seriously. Because I think the second that Stadia is out of the market, like Amazon isn't suddenly going to be racing towards it. And like Sony isn't going to be freaking out that PlayStation now is not very good because it's not. Well, that's the thing. I that that's my concern is like um, if Stadia doesn't exist, I don't think there's anyone immediately to fill that hole. Um, I think. XCloud really seems to be the only other streaming project that's just kind of like doing things. But like XCloud doesn't really, I think, exist to fill the hole that Stadia wants to fill. XCloud exists to be like something that supplements people who play games on Xbox. Right. And like I'm with you, I have a tremendous desire for something like this to exist. Uh, I, I just wish it were better. Yeah, I really want it to be good. I really badly want it to be I, good. And I mean, look, it is. And it, again, the technology is good. The execution of the product as like a piece of technology is great. Well, I don't want to pay $60 for a video game in the cloud. Well, and like I, I've made my opinion on this super clear, and that's yeah. that Google has the some of the best engineers in the world, and this is what they do. They create the best tech the best version of the best technology and they let it languish because their marketing and business side is just not 
at the same level that their engineering teams are. Mm -hmm. And eventually, with a lot of these technologies, someone else picks it up, but it takes forever. And sometimes nobody else picks it up, and then we lose out on a really good technology. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Stadia. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't either, because it's like... Google's been cracking at the video compression fucking and delay problem for decades now. And Stadia is just kind of the perfect application for it because like it is something where you need the most low latency possible. Right. And I don't know. I just really hope that they can actually build a good business model around it. Like they genuinely just need to copy the X cloud model. Right. That's what they need to do is like the X cloud model is, but the problem is even that it's like xcloud's business is so the xcloud's like business proposition is just so good it's 15 dollars a month you get games on your pc you get games on your uh xbox you get games on xcloud that you just get to stream anywhere from any device like the proposition is just that's it you know that's what you want so yeah who knows hopefully stadia pulls it together um, I don't think this signals the end, but no, this is just a price change. This is just a, this is just a price change because they're getting ready to phase in a quote unquote successor to the Chromecast Ultra or a higher end product. Moving on to some news out of the European Commission because the European Commission occasionally does things and they do usually things that you really want to see happen um mm -hmm. but they generally don't have the outcome that you wanted uh <laughs> the european commission has opened two formal antitrust investigations into apple's app store and its apple pay payment system uh to uh Ooh. pretty much no one's surprised because that was pretty much just a ticking clock on that one um basically the deal here is the apple takes a 30 percent commission on every subscription signed up through its app store in the first year and then a 15 percent cut after that but um i believe correct me if i'm wrong they recently negotiated with it wasn't netflix who was it Um, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. They did. To lower that rate. So, right. uh, further demonstrating that they do have absolute control uh, and absolute. Yeah, I was about this. The second I heard that, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is absolutely going to be fucking used for future litigation oh, against them. God, yeah. No, the, I. I was shocked that they did. I, I was absolutely floored because it could not, it could never be a good thing for them. Um, but besides that, um, the European, before we get into that, uh, the European Commission could uh, theoretically, or the EU could theoretically impose a maximum penalty of 10% of Apple's global revenues. Um, but basically, what that boils down to is not a whole lot um if the ars technical article goes into greater depth and what a lot of uh competition is saying is that basically what we see every time um is some sort of percentage of revenue fine is levied and, and that's the fines don't do anything uh they, they become a cost of doing business and Mm -hmm. there's there's no real incentive to make any meaningful change um because it's it's a one-off it's a one-off fee um, right and they make they make far more money in the long term than they than they will lose in that drop in the bucket um hit to revenue it's right. really Actually, just I mean... bad. It, it boils down to a bad quarter and especially when they and 90% of the time they end up with a full quarter to prepare. So it really doesn't even negatively affect their shareholders. The whole fees are just a part of doing business thing. Like you're just government fees and like all that stuff is, is exactly what a lot of companies just do. Like, so 
That's what Uber did. I'm pretty sure what they did was they the government of Portland did not want to let them into Portland. Uber literally was like, okay. Um, hey, Portland drivers, if you get pulled over and fined by the police, we're going to pay that for you. And they just wrote that off as just a business expense of starting up in Portland. Right. Well, I mean, if you if you recall the what was it by the 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 FTC fine uh, against Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I think it's probably a full quarter that they had before the fine was actually um, levied against them. Uh, they already had an entire quarter's worth of revenue set aside because they knew mm-hmm. the fine was coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, they had already prepared their shareholders for the fact that the fine was coming. No one was surprised that the fine was coming. Everybody already knew that the fine was coming. Mm-hmm. Share prices took no hit. Shareholders were not surprised. No one was surprised. They had all the money sitting aside because they already <laughs> knew it was happening. So, I mean, what what was the point of levying the fine to begin with? It, it it speaks i i don't even know what it speaks to does it speak to the impotency of the european commission does it speak to the impotency of uh the the concept of uh one off find itself I, I i don't know um and in terms of like what in terms of how far the european commission can go against apple which is a um, U.S.-based company. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I. It's it's going to be really interesting. I mean, my hope is that one day Apple opens up for some form of third-party stores on iOS. Everyone knows that's what I want. Um, I do like iOS as a platform, and I do think Apple does need to maintain some strict control over it for me to enjoy it. But I think that like there needs to be competing stores. I there just has to be. I agree. Um, I I also enjoy a pretty tightly controlled environment in iOS, um, and to a lesser extent even in macOS, where I don't have to worry about certain things that I might have to otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I. I, I, like yeah. we were saying before, <laughs> the fact that at their discretion they can adjust these percentages for Amazon is mm-hmm. the fact that they would yeah. do that and not expect it to come back within eight months. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was honestly almost comical. It basically is. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Like, everyone had a feeling this was going to happen eventually, especially with the way things are going. So I think we can only... But this this decision will generally, I'd say, set pretty hard precedent for how things are going to play out here in the United States if, if anything gets levied against these major companies. Because, like, so far, it just mostly seems like a deer up doing all the work. Like, they did the thing with Google. They're doing the thing with Apple now. Basically, they're they're doing the whole, like, platform management. Like, hey, would you guys should allow other defaults and et cetera, et cetera. That's what I think. If anyone's going to do anything, like, just make sure that fucking operating systems, I can switch my fucking email client. I think it would be everyone in Europe doing all the heavy work right now. I think, I, I, yeah. I think for the past four years, everyone on the West Coast has been sort of waiting for the pin to drop uh i mean i think the pin dropped like the pin dropped a while ago but but in in the legislative sense that's fair um and i i think i think everyone's been waiting for that for that one really big case and there was a moment when i think everyone thought it was going to be the ftc fine but then Mm -hmm. everyone realized that that was a hilarious just absolute joke of a just, just 
hilarious joke. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely nothing. It, it was a nothing. Um, oh, no. And I think I think there are people, you know, within the United States Congress that are looking to do something, but I don't I don't think I don't think it's gained the momentum at this point uh, that everyone expected that it would have, even even with uh, even with the representatives that are currently there. Oh yeah, but yeah. Anyways, I think next up we do our. What did Evan buy this week segment? What did you buy this week? Evan? Well, I mean, I already talked about the car. You I talked about it last time, buy too. It this week, you just went and got it. Yeah, I did all this shit. Um, I'd say that I haven't honestly, believe it or not, not too much. I mean, this might be cheating because I didn't buy it. I mean, technically, I could say I bought my diploma. I got that in the mail. <laughs> hey, yeah. Did you get yours yet? Too, yeah. Uh, like a few days ago, right? Yeah. Okay, sick. Um, Look at us with our fancy diplomas. <laughs> uh, the one thing I'd say I would have got, I got as a graduation present is I got a new camera. I got a mirrorless camera. I got a Sony 6100 Alpha. Ah, very nice. Yeah, because I'm getting into photography. It's a cool little fucking camera. Like, I don't really have too much to say about it because I'm still messing around with it. But, like, it's nice to have something that's not a T3i that I can, like, actually take nice photos with it's so the problem is it's so hard to find a fucking camera that i'm actually gonna carry that's better than my phone what do you think of the mirrorless i've never i've never owned a mirrorless they're nice um i like them they i love the so i i bought a mirrorless because i wanted the compact frame like i like the compact body and the compact like just everything like, it's just something I can just actually carry around. Like, if I'm going on, like, a eight-mile hike or whatever, I do not want a T3i anywhere on my fucking body. Like, I just don't want it near me. The, the other problem with the T3i is just my phone's better than it. Right. <laughs> like, you, uh... that's problem number one, is my phone is just better than the camera. Like, there's really nothing for me to do with it anymore. I'd rather just have my phone in my five millimeter zoom anytime soon and i think the trade-off of not having a 55 millimeter zoom for just here my, my camera's phone's just better and I, it's just there is worth it right right yeah the the mirrorless though i definitely like it the alpha a6100 series has a lot of awesome perks to it one thing i love is the viewfinders a screen hmm. which is you might uh, what's that hmm? is that a good hmm or a bad hmm uh, it, it's neither. Um, I, I've got, I've got a, uh, I've got a mirrored that has a screen on it and I don't love it. Um, yeah, but it's handy occasionally. Mm. Um, yeah. especially cause like you can sort of twist it around when you, you know, can't see oh, yeah. it. That's that's nice. Yeah, I've got it. You can't fully twist around, but you can pull it up. Uh, I'd say the nicest thing about it, which all all modern cameras have this now, is just you can NFC, you can tap your phone to it. It's got an NFC tag on the side and it'll just you can just send photos to your phone. Oh, that is beautiful. The problem is it takes a while. Um, so like, OK, you, you it, sending a photo, sending the photos to your phone, like regular size photos that they got on there. It's going to be like 15 seconds of photo. So like, it's not fast. Do they does do they shoot in raw or do they convert and then send? Um, so I, I think the. Or I should say, do they send in raw or do they convert and then send? I don't think they're sending in raw. Um, That's a good question. Actually, I think they are sending in raw. That could probably be why. Um, because I, I make sure all my fucking cameras are shooting in raw, because otherwise, what's the point of having a non-iPhone camera? Yeah, I would take a look at, like, the file size, because if it's yeah. fucking gigantic, it's probably raw. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, it it is gigantic, I know. I know I'm shooting in raw. Like, I know I'm shooting in raw, but the question is, when I hit the send button, is it sending in raw? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, like, I can directly import to Lightroom on my iPad. Thank you. Thanks to Neil I. Patel. And like I can just import raws just straight from there because I got that, you know, fucking micro USB to a USB-C cable just ready to go. And 
that's nice. But regardless, just the, having the ability to be like, oh, man, I just took this great camera a photo on my camera. And then someone's like, send it to me and I can just do that. It's sometime within 60 seconds or so. I'm definitely going to do a lot of nature photography with it, animal photography with it. Oh, yeah. Best part. Complete autofocusing video. Oh, that is nice. It is nice. Shoots in 4K, too. I really like it. Uh, I need to use it more, but uh, I'm going on more hikes anyways. So. I mean, I'm pretty boring. What did Evan get this week? This I mean, been, honestly, uh, I. This has been genu- the photography yeah. minute. Yeah, I mean, honest truth is that I think like getting a Tesla has really tired out my impulse purchases maybe for a long time. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to buy anymore. Like, there's really nothing like like the Tesla was the carrot at the end of the stick and I just ate it. <laughs> like it was the carrot on the string that I was just running on the treadmill and I just jumped and ate the carrot. And now there's no reason for me to run anymore. Like I have it. I have the Tesla. Yeah, what am I, what am... life is meaningless now. Congratulations. I mean, life was pretty meaningless before, but you know, that's for me and my therapist to discuss and no one else to find out about. All righty then. So... <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note. Uh, you can find Evan at Evan Extreme. You can find me at Bith, Bith, B-I-T-H, B-I-F-T-H. Uh That's on the Twitter. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Twitter it is. It's a weird fucking night, man. Uh, me on Twitter at Bith, Bith, B-I-T-H, B-I-F-T-H. Uh, HomePod Squad. Send us emails. HomePodDefenseSquad at gmail.com. And the website is Zune.rocks. Zune always rocks. Any other words of wisdom before we go? Um, go to protocol.com and read their articles and support their source code newsletter and podcast. David Pierce deserves everything. Do those things. They're excellent. Okay. They're excellent. I love you, David.